everybody. So we are the Homework News Podcast, and we are here to finally give our podcast on the Postable Show. We're so excited. I'm Rachel, and Amber's here. Hi, everybody. Yes, we are so excited because we we have been wanting to talk about this for a while, but it took me a long time. It's my fault. Yeah, it's a hundred percent Rachel's fault, you guys. <laughs> yes. Because I had so much catching up to do on this show. And <laughs> so that's why it took us so long. And I know that the postables have been so great about requesting this by us on Twitter. And they want us to talk about it. And so we're finally doing it. We're so uh, grateful for all your requests. And we're excited. Yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be a good time, you guys. <laughs> so you have been a big fan of the postable since since the beginning, correct? Yeah. So um, when it first came out, I watched it with my parents. We watched the whole series until it got. I, I'm not going to say canceled, even though I mean the series was canceled, but I reformatted into movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen all the movies. My mom has seen all the movies, but we didn't watch them together. Um, and I don't know if my dad has. I mean, I don't know if you guys care about my dad's viewing habits, but. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, from day one, we, we actually would like sit down watch it together as a family. What, what do you, what do you think is the, the main appeal of the show for you? Um, the, uh, the show has the show a lot of media. heart. The, the, the four main characters really are so well crafted. Um, and you know, we are constantly like learning more about them and understanding their characters deeper, which is really great. Um, the individual little mysteries, the you know, the the letters that need to be delivered. Um, I like that we while we have, you know, the arcing storylines of the characters and their relationships, we have something that always has like a beginning, a middle, and an end in every episode or movie, mm-hmm. um, which I really appreciate because you know, you could hop in on the this last one and not be confused or you can watch this the whole series and still like get something out of it this is true i know this from personal experience because i dove in into the middle because the first one that i watched was the christmas special Mm -hmm. because i was watching it for the instagram posts uh, because i try to watch all of the ones that we post about just so i'm not recommending something i don't like and, uh, or at least you or one of us likes. <laughs> and, and so I watched it and I really liked it a lot. And, uh, and then I watched, I went back and watched the two from 2017 higher ground and, um, and home again, home again. And I like both of those, especially from higher ground. And we should mention that from higher ground made both of our top 10 non Christmas movies, lists mm-hmm. of uh, 2017 and it was number one for Ruth of, of all of her lists on that show so we, we all three really liked like that episode or that movie yeah, yeah it's it really it, cool. it's a really good series <laughs> and it, it's interesting because so much happened in that movie but I didn't feel like I I didn't feel like I needed to know more about Rita and Norman I still felt like oh this is so sweet this mm-hmm. is so great or same thing with Shane and Oliver. I I felt like I was still involved and 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 happy and excited and whatever. Uh, so that's pretty unusual. I don't think that you could do that with "Say One Calls the Heart." No, 
No. Or or even a lot of these other mystery series, you know, if you hop in on mm-hmm. number eight, you might be completely confused about what's going on, why are they, why is this a big deal, I don't understand. But I feel like all of the characters are really well well written so that every episode you learn more about them and begin to care about them even more than you had previously or for the first time. Yeah. One of the things that was interesting to me is I was so impressed when I watched those three movies as my first introduction Mm -hmm. of how the series used faith. And, and I I felt like it was, was one of the most effective faith-based properties I've seen of just, of, of just making it a part of life Mm-hmm. and and but not doing it in sort of a preachy way in a way that I think almost anybody could appreciate. I have to say that when I watched the series, I didn't notice that element as much. I feel like in it's something they've stepped up in the movies compared to the series. I don't know if you agree with that or feel that way at all. Yeah, so we I think we talked about this, and I think that um, the reason why the, you know, them bringing in, the faith elements of the show work is because it's not like a plot driven, like, Oh, we're going to talk about this because of plot. It's, Oh, this is how Oliver or Shane or, you know, Norman or Rita, they genuinely feel about these things. And so all of their choices are informed by either their faith or their lack of faith or their doubt. Mm -hmm. And so it feels really organic when they bring it into the show. And, you know, in the first episode, it's not in there because, you know, if it's something that's really important to you and you believe really strongly, you don't just put it out there for like strangers who you're not comfortable with. But, you know, as the show's progressed and we've seen Oliver become not only even more comfortable with Shane, but even becoming more comfortable with himself, Mm -hmm. I think he's allowing himself to, you know, express how he feels and what he believes more that actually really makes sense because if you think about it really the first season is in a work environment like you're not gonna like talk about even with close colleagues for the most part you're not gonna like talk about you know either your lack of faith or or faith so in a way it kind of makes sense but in the movies they they they've started to kind of get out of that work environment a little bit more and sort of build these relationships a little bit more so I, i agree with you i think that that's true and and uh, I just, I just thought it was handled so gently, and and I think it's a very gentle show. I think it's a very sweet show. Uh, it feels like sort of a throwback to uh, something that we we just don't get that much of anymore. And I mean, that's something that Hallmark is so good at in general. Uh, but uh, just a sort of an old-fashioned quality kind of makes you feel like the Waltons or something like that. That kind of tone and feel, kind of. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's definitely something you don't see very often, you know, at least on even regular network TV or really any cable shows. It actually kind of takes a little bit of courage on the showrunner's part to even put these elements of faith into something that's not just strictly Christmas, you know? Um, Because Christmas, you can kind of get away with it more. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, to say, you know what, this is what our character believes we stand behind our character and we're letting our character be true to themselves because I mean, it would seem kind of inorganic if, you know, four years into their friendship and they're all falling in love and dating that this kind of stuff doesn't ever come up. 
Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, definitely. So we have our four leads. Kind of talk about them a little bit. Uh, uh, you have Eric Mabius as Oliver, mm-hmm. Oliver O'Toole, and uh, he's kind of the leader of the group in the the Dead Letter office in Denver, and uh, and and then you have Kristen Booth, who starts out uh, Shane McInerney and Mrs. Mac- Miss McInerney. McInerney. Um, McInerney. <laughs> <laughs> then she starts out as the new one at the beginning of the show. Coming mm-hmm. in. And she kind of has this, they, Norman builds her this sort of mobile desk because they don't really, it's sort of, she sort of invents this role for her of, uh, of this being sort of the tech, tech girl of mm-hmm. the group. And then you have Crystal Lowe as Rita, and Rita is the photographic memory, uh, so she can tell you anything about any sort of statistic or data or whatever. So she's super cute that way. And then you have Jeff Gustafson, sorry if I said that name, uh, <laughs> as Norman, Dorman, and he is uh, kind of the scientist, I would say. How would you describe Norman? Yeah, I mean, so Norman and Rita really have complementary skills. They kind of remind me of in um, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, Fitz and Simmons, mm-hmm. where they, you know, they kind of both work best when they're working together. So Rita will be like, hey, what's this fact that I remember? And he's, oh, this fact. Um, but also, yeah, Norman is kind of the scientist. He's like, here, I'm inventing this amazing revealing potion basically to to find this thing and norman is also like a handwriting expert so he can say you know based on the sh- the swoop of this a and the the way that the pen was held i it's probably a you know a 45 year old man or something um, um but it's a yeah so i guess that's norman's job <laughs> yeah and it, it is started started from the very pretty much the very first uh, episode that uh, that Rita and Norman have this sort of unspoken attraction that they're definitely that that grows throughout the course of the series, and I think that's a very fun element. You don't usually have such like a kind of a nerdy couple that's so like cute and whatever, and and uh, I think that 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 is one of the highlights of the show. Yeah, um, it's really, I mean, the relationship is very believable because, you know, they're both sort of diminutive and shy and unsure of themselves. And, you know, obviously they would both like each other because they're both amazing. But um, it's very believable that, like, nothing would have happened at this point because really Shane is the one who sort of, like, pushes them at each other because Shane is not, you know, diminutive or a wallflower. She's very... Yeah. Up, you know, up in your business, um, and uh, but not in a rude way. Like there, are, everybody in the show is actually pretty nosy and a little meddlesome. Like they definitely, one of them is at least descended from the nosy busybodies in Hope Valley, in right. One Calls the Heart. But um, uh, <laughs> but you know, as they themselves start to become more confident in themselves and who they are, that's when they're able to say like, oh, I like you, you know? Um, so I really, yeah. I like that natural progression of their relationship. Mm-hmm. And they had some big stuff in this latest one, which we will talk about in the most detail uh, in the in the latter part of the podcast. Uh, 
Um, but yeah, they're really cute and they do a good job kind of throughout the whole series sort of fleshing out the reasons why they are the way they are. You know, you find out about Norman's uh, experience in foster care and, uh, and his ex experiences, you know, just sort of not being maybe loved like, and, and all of his cousins that he has and mm -hmm. all that thing. So you get sort of an idea of his character and why he might be sort of shy and, and, uh, and, uh, also you get some backstory. I'd say Rita's probably the one we got the least amount of backstory about, uh, of the four, but you do get to meet her parents mm -hmm. and they're sort of hippies and kind of, you know, so you get to know, uh, her a little bit and, uh, they also go into Oliver's backstory quite a bit <laughs> with his uh, his dad and his mom who left. Uh, which his is wife who left. His wife who left. Yeah, so he starts out the show married, but his wife has gone to Paris. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> married but estranged. Yes. Uh, but he, of course, won't even consider anything anything else because he is uh, still married which is so cool and uh but he starts uh taking he asks shane to take dancing lessons with him mm -hmm. and uh so that sort of becomes sort of their initial relationship which is really cute the dance yeah the dancing oh i love the dancing <laughs> <He's really good. laughs> and i wouldn't have guessed it's interesting because Eric maybe is like, yeah, he was in how to fall in love, which was a very nerdy role, but mm -hmm. like uh, ugly Betty, he was like the cool slick guy, you know? And so it's, mm -hmm. it's sort of interesting to see him kind of morph into this much different role than that. I think. Yeah. You know, and I wouldn't classify Oliver as like a, a nerd. Mm -hmm. I'm like, he's a little nerdy, but I think I would classify him mostly as like fastidious um, and, he, you know, mm -hmm. he's very into the rules and this is the way it's done. Um, and, you know, that, that plays into even his, you know, being even mentally faithful to his wife and not allowing himself to even think about a relationship with Shane is because, you know, this is not the way it's done. You know, there are certain things that should be done a certain way. Um, and, you know, that's a good thing, but also sometimes it's a bad thing. But, because Shane is so like, hey, let's just do it this way and let's be whatever. It's it's a really nice balance of her pushing him and him pushing her and them finding common ground. Yeah, well, and he's completely old school. Like, he doesn't have a cell phone. He doesn't believe in kind of what Shane is doing as far as the Google and the whatever, like her tech side of it. And uh, so in a way, they're kind of an interesting match in that way too. Like they're not only different as far as their faith and some other things, but also just, just the way they think about life, which, which is always sort of the, the opposite. It's interesting because I feel like Rita and Norman are, are more like sort of the similar mm -hmm. attraction, whereas Oliver and Shane are more sort of opposite track kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I think that mostly for the most part, um, Shane and Oliver's differences are kind of superficial. I mean, I know they disagree on the faith thing, yeah. but um, I feel like at their basic core, their like belief and outlook on people and humanity and, you know, like caring for each other, not necessarily like, not like Shane and Oliver caring for each other, but like caring for one another. 
I think that's very similar. And I think that's, you know, like a big important thing, you know, how you see the world through other people. And yeah, I think they're, they're, I think they're pretty united in that way. In fact, I think, you know, all of the postables uh, at the end of the day are pretty united in that belief. Otherwise, why would they spend hundreds of hours looking for, you know, lost mm-hmm. people with their letters? Right, right. Yeah, I think that's true. That is very true. Uh, so, okay, so the, of the, they had one season. Mm-hmm. And uh, what are, for you, were some of the highlights of the first season? Um, you know, there were a lot, but there, there's one episode that I love, and it maybe is my favorite episode that has exist or movie. Mm-hmm. I just really loved the, the mystery, as it were, uh, of who the letter belonged to. Um, and that is in episode four, and it's called Soulmates. Um, and in it, there is a, it's a letter from this, you know, teenager guy named Sam to his childhood sweetheart and you know it turned I'm not going to tell you what it turns out because I want you to just go back and watch it um it's available on Hallmark movies now um but it's mm-hmm. uh it's so cute I love the the uh I guess letter mystery of this episode so it's it's a real standout for me um and we don't get too much development between you know, the relationships of the characters, but, you know, in every episode, at least the relationships between the, you know, the four main postables deepen and grow as you go throughout, you know, every episode and every movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that one's a really, really good one. Also, like the, uh, the one, uh, I think, um, the, to whom it may concern. Mm -hmm. I thought that was really sweet with the girl writing, uh, the letter to try to find the soldier that helped save her life and, and got her to America. And, uh, and he has this PTSD and there, and he feels, you know, like ashamed of what he did. And so when they're able to kind of unite, it was, it's a lovely little moment. Like she's, she's speaking at her graduation and mm-hmm. uh, speaking about him. And then he shows up there and, and you know, she, <gasps> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm going to be completely honest. All of the soldier ones, weeping buckets of tears. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah agreed. I mean, <laughs> so okay, yeah. I, I, there's really not. I don't think. I don't think there's really a bad of these episodes of the eleven episodes. I enjoyed them all. Um, and so, but then they went into these films. Mm-hmm. And and films now with this most recent one, and I, I I've liked most of them. I mean, I've liked all of them to some level, but there were a couple that uh, didn't quite work for me. But my favorite, I still love the Christmas one. I think that uh, it has uh, a lot of heart. You see a lot of growth, particularly from Shane in that episode mm-hmm. in that movie, uh, where you know you find out about her her dad and her Christmas and uh, you know, that you have this little girl who wrote this letter to God and her struggles with that. And I, I also really like the whole element of Oliver and the tree by the beach. And Mm -hmm. that's really good. And uh, so I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. I mean the Christmas episode, um, I mean the Christmas movie is, Really, a, it's like a standout, not just among Sand Seal Delivered, but among 
the Christmas movies. And as you know, there's a bajillion Hallmark Christmas movies. Um, but the way, you know, the reasons why it works so well is because, like I said before, you know, the, the conflict of faith versus no faith seems very organic. Neither of them is trying to, I mean, not, they're not really trying to convince each other. They're just like, this is what I believe, deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think is, you know, a healthy way to disagree about things is to not try to force someone else to think that you're right. Um, but also, um, you know, the, the, the family storyline, this is really, it's really beautiful. And I just love, this is where you really see <laughs> the postables start going all out to, to deliver people's letters and not just their letters, but their wishes and things. So the, where they really start to become fairy godmothers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Making this pageant and it's just, mm-hmm. it's really, really good. And so what's one that, that you, that you like of these movies? Um, so the movie that I probably love the most was I mean I, I mean I really love the Christmas one so that's tough to say but mm-hmm. um, the Lost Without You episode was really great I loved how the I mean they always try to bring the you know the mystery of the week with the letter into whatever's happening in the arcing storyline but I really loved how not only did the arcing storyline impact what happens with our characters but um, the storyline itself was really like it, all of it just blended really well together. And of course yeah. it had a soldier. So <laughs> I was just buckets of tears. Yeah. That one was really, really good. And I, it, they let it go to a pretty tense place. I mean, mm-hmm. with uh, Oliver and his dad, like I, I thought they, that it was, I was generally like getting pretty concerned and pretty anxious. And, you know, you have Shane that like Rita tells Shane to pray for them. And, you know, you just start to see her, see her starting to panic mm-hmm. and uh, cause they can't find Oliver and his dad and uh, his dad is injured. What are they going to do? And I mean, obviously like we know that there is going to be a happy ending, but like, even if I know that I can still sort of get, engrossed in, in, in attention if it's done well. And I think it was, so I agree with you. And also I think that was, I mean, there, there's some humor thrown in there. Cause uh, isn't this when Norman and Rita eat all that like super spicy food and they're in yeah. like, Las Vegas. Um, and that's a nice thing about the show that, I mean, they, they always try to find a balance between, um, you know, solving the mystery character arcs, humor and heart, you know, it's, it's a really, it's just a really well-crafted show. Yeah, it is. I agree. Uh, so that was the one before. They've had a really good stretch. The mm-hmm. last, because really the only ones that I didn't love, I didn't love One in a Million, and I didn't love The Impossible Dream. Those ones were a little boring for me. Um, not terrible, but a little boring for me. Uh, but the last four have been pretty great. Uh, mm-hmm. Lost Without You, Higher Ground, Home Again, and then we'll talk about The Road Less Traveled, which was this weekend. Uh, the we, we Like I said, we had from uh, higher ground in our top tens. Ruth had it as our number one. And this one was so effective because 
uh, you had growth with Shane and Oliver mm-hmm. in their relationship. You had major growth with Rita and Norman finally getting engaged. And that was handled so sweet and <laughs> so, so good. And you had a really compelling detective story that they were trying to solve with this yeah. letter. It, it really worked. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the only thing about this, <laughs> which is like a downside, is how much time, you know, Shane stays away from the group because she's in D.C. Um, yeah. And, you know, you just kind of miss their dynamic. Mm-hmm. But I actually feel like it was effective at, in the the overall storyline of, you know, all the movies and the TV series to really get you to appreciate and understand how vital every part of their team is, mm-hmm. um, you know, without, I mean, it, it, it even makes more sense now, like why the series started when Shane showed up because, you know, they were delivering letters and figuring out who was there before Shane. Mm-hmm. But now you, you see like how much more difficult it was. And, you know, they never left the office before Shane was on the case. So yeah, it really, it really, um, highlights the value and that Shane brings to the group. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that Oliver needed to miss her in that way. I think mm-hmm. that was important for his, uh, his character growth. Uh, and, and she even says like that, the, it, the great sort of speech she gives where she's like, Are you, if you're insisting first, she says, I'm the only person in the world who understood what you just said, probably, which that was funny. And also, you know, if you're implying that I didn't miss you and then he, he, she shares her, her letters that she wrote to him, mm-hmm. which is like the perfect way to get to Oliver, who's this <laughs> guy. And uh, so I, but I think that he also needed to, to miss her. He needed to see that desk and make it be hard. And, and, uh, <laughs> and cause it maybe was a little too easy with her just sort of being this convenient Miss McInerney kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, so it kind of pushed him, I think in a good way. Yeah. yeah, and then, like you said, of course, the Hurricane Katrina storyline was amazing. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, they got an actual musician. I forget his name, but he actually won an Emmy or a Grammy. I remember hearing this last Grammys he won, uh, which was cool. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it was like a, this romance between this waitress and this singer and uh, in in New Orleans, they got separated because of Katrina. They pr- bring them back together, and it was just it was really really good. And uh, it it just it's such a it's really it's a hopeful show. And I I always am really drawn to themes of hope and uh, in in material. I just love that, and I I think that this was that this was a very big theme, particularly of Higher Ground, was just having hope. And never, you know, never giving up. And, not, and Oliver frequently will say that we will, we never will give up yeah. on, uh, on finding. Um, so, okay. And then we had Home Again, which uh, was about this vase that they found that, uh, and you had that they're trying to sort of return to the rightful owners. And uh, then you also have sort of this plot of Rita's parents kind of coming into the picture and, so, yeah, I, that one was, it was cute. That one was cute. Um, but uh, let's talk about The World Less Traveled. So this just aired yep. on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And 
what were your overall thoughts of this one? Um, first of all, I love a road trip. It's one of the things that I love most in the whole world is movies about road trips. So I was already committed once I saw the Winnebago or whatever it was called. The Starship? Something. Star Cruiser. Star Cruiser. Um, So I was already excited from the get-go. But I do, I really love, um, I really enjoyed the storyline with, you know, the the kid and, and all that. Um, I was so mad at them for not realizing that it was throwback 80s stuff. It took too long for me. Um, but overall, it was really good. Um, I didn't quite understand Norman's reluctance to talk to Rita about their relationship. And Oliver was being a little bit ridiculous yeah, for a it- minute. But the thing about that is, is even when they were being frustrating, it, you know, it only lasted for a quarter of the movie so you didn't even stay mm-hmm. mad at them well at first i was really surprised because i'm like uh norman like literally mentioned having kids in his proposal so why is this an issue all of a sudden i didn't really understand and uh and i i think uh that i guess this driving thing like i do hate driving so i kind of understand like his anxiety <laughs> a little bit there uh there it's just if I could live without driving, I totally would. Cause it's just not my thing. And, uh, but I was, I was really surprised when that, when he first just like ran off like that, I'm like, what? But I do think that the whole conversation that they had in the, like the woods, it was so beautiful with this bridge and everything. It was really good, really sweet about, uh, about you know she, that she wants to have a rainbow full of children, mm-hmm. whether it's adopted adoption or not. Uh, but they whether they're however we get them, uh, they will be like you, and that's a good thing. And I thought that was so sweet and so lovely, and uh, so I I bought it because <laughs> in the end it worked for me. Yeah, I mean it it paid off. Yeah, my frustration and. Because they they executed the you know the dismount so well yeah. from that conflict, um, but really anytime uh, Norman is like being vulnerable and a little sad, I die because he is just the most precious person, and anyone who ever made him sad, I want them to get like a rash. <laughs> like I just I Norman is just one of the best characters ever and i feel so protective of him yeah well and i think rita does too i mean how could you not <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh so it, i agree with you 100 that they 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 got the dismount and it worked and so yeah you also have uh this thing with shane having this message from this alex character uh, on her cell phone, Oliver sees it, and he's very, like, he says, I love you, and whatever, uh, won't you call me back? And so Oliver is very, you know, kind of concerned about this, sort of upset about it, and Shane, when he, she, she's questioned about it, she says, you're just going to have to trust me, I'm not going to, I'm not ready to talk about it. Did you buy that, that she wasn't ready to talk about it? Well, I'm fine with her not being ready to talk about it, but I was kind of like, 
Um, it's not like she's, you saw her send a message to this person saying that she loves them. Yeah. Like, even if it, like, even imagine it was, like, an ex-boyfriend who was texting Shane and not who it ultimately ends up being. Um, why is that a big problem for Oliver? Like, she, she didn't even reply or answer her phone. Yeah. Like, that's true. It's not it's not her fault at all. But he doesn't like completely like he's like okay, fine. Like he accepts her that she's not going to tell him. I it, so I felt like okay, I guess. But like still I I don't know if, if once we find out that it's, you know, her sister, I I feel like would you really not tell? Like would you I don't know. Like I feel like you would tell somebody about that with your sister. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I am what we like to call in the industry a super grumpy person. Um, and so if, if I was just like super irritated that my sister was just like constantly texting me. Uh-huh. And I didn't, like, I mean, I get this way sometimes with our family group text message and we're like not even being annoying. They're just like, they just messages keep coming up. But and if someone was like, what's going on? I'd be like, nothing. I don't want to talk about it right now. Please just let me have a moment. I mean, I can totally see that because, you know. But um, but that being the case, uh, turn off the notifications in that message so you don't have to see them come in all the time. Come on. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, and you probably wouldn't put their last name if it was your sister. You probably would just like like I have my sister's name Megan. I don't have Megan Lloyd in my phone. Oh, I, I have, have my I have my sisters as like my sister, their maiden name, and their married names. Like, really? yeah, I'm very You're fancy. Constant. Okay, <laughs> oh, there you go. So I guess Shane is like like you more than we realized. Yeah, um, I I can uh, the one thing I did really connect with though is I have to say one of my character flaws is I know how to hold a grudge more than I should. And something I've, I've always been working on my whole life. Um, but I have a hard time letting go sometimes of things. And so I did relate to that aspect of Shane's conflict, you know, that like Mm -hmm. she'd been hurt, she'd been wounded by this person and she just had a really hard time letting it go. And, and cause like, it's not, cause the hard part about when it's family, even more so, I think it's almost more so I think with siblings in a weird way, because like you really can't like you can divorce somebody that you're married to, you know, mm-hmm. you can, but like your siblings are always going to be there. Like it's really hard unless you like, I don't know. It's really hard actually, I think to kind of sever from a toxic relationship that's within your family. Not that I have one or anything, but I'm just saying that I think it's actually really especially difficult <laughs> with those sort of family dynamics as an adult sometimes. And, and you, you have, can have hurt feelings, you can have things. And um, anyway, but I, I did, I thought it was, I thought she was very good and I bought it that she, how hard it was for her to make that call at the yeah. end and how just how wounded she felt. And cause I, I've had my little things and I, like I said, I have a hard time sometimes uh, letting go of things and just like forgiving 
and uh, it takes me longer sometimes than it should. So I connected with Shane on that level in those experiences. For sure. Yeah. Um, well, I was watching it with my sister and when Shane was, you know, talking to Oliver and she said, I can't believe I said that. Now I have to call her. My sister was like, um, or you don't because you're never going to see that lady again. Like, <laughs> so I don't know. We're, we're just apparently really rude in our family. <laughs> sweet Oliver and Shane when they when he was like holding her hand and like helping her to do this and yeah that was great yeah I mean on like I said once again nailed the dismount on that conflict um I'm actually super excited because you know in the next movie that her sister is gonna show up yeah so I'm super excited to see who they cast yeah because it's just always fun to see who they who they bring into the show. Yeah, that's true. That'll be really interesting. I didn't even thought about that, but you're right. And uh, so that was really sweet. And of course you had the story of the little boy and I thought they did a good, pretty good job. Like I, I thought that I, I thought the mother was probably on the right side of things, but there was a side of me that's like, maybe this is like a parental abduction thing, you know, mm-hmm. like maybe you know, that happens all the time. Like why it could be. And why would the little boy do this and, and take this picture this way and, and whatever. So, uh, and I thought it really worked like with our, our pal, Jason Cermak with him being the dad in prison for white collar crime. But like, even I'm still confused about his crime and then how he ended up in jail. Like, I mean, I'm not a white-collar attorney, but I've definitely seen some politicians get away with way sketchier stuff. I'm supposed to believe the mayor ended up in jail for that? I think there was, like, money laundering kind of situation. Like, uh, he... he, uh, Well, the way she said it, he invested the... Like I got the impression that was... City pension. Yeah, well, no, he invested the city pension... And the guys ended up stealing the money who he invested with. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, doesn't that kind of sound like he's the victim in that? And isn't the mayor allowed to invest pension? Like, isn't that a thing? I don't know. I didn't think so. I don't think the mayor just, like, I think that, oh, I mean, I guess it's, uh, maybe. I don't know. I never. I mean, I don't, I don't know the, ba- the their, their town's bylaws and, <laughs> or, you know, administrative rules and regulations, but. <laughs> You probably know more than me. Uh, but I, I I wouldn't think that it would just be up to the... I, I would think that it would be like the... Um, I don't know. Like there would be more people involved in those kind of decisions. Uh, and I I mean, I just assume it was some kind of... Some kind of money laundering Ponzi scheme kind of thing that he ended up kind of giving... Signing approval on or whatever that he shouldn't have, or I don't know. I I guess I didn't overthink that part of it. Well, I, I was like, he's in jail. Yeah. It really confused me. Yeah. Um, like they were like he did the wrong thing for the right reasons. He was trying to help people, but then, uh, but yeah, I can see it was a little confusing. I'll grant you that it's true. I mean, I know I should just accept what the characters say at face value, but I kind of <laughs> felt like. I don't, it kind of just jarred me out of reality because I was like, I don't believe that their mayor is going to jail for this. Uh-huh. And like, yeah, maybe, I maybe for that. like, 
he would maybe have to do like community service or something, which is lame, but like that's how the world works. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, uh, but I thought it still, I thought it was very effective when they reunite the little boy. Oh, yeah. Nailed it. Like I said, once again, <laughs> stuck the landing. But I, uh, yeah, it was really effective, you know, from an emotional standpoint. Yeah. From, from a yeah. practical world, real world legal standpoint, I was like, what? Yeah. But other than that. Yes. I can see that. That's true. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Overall, how many crowns would you give this movie? Um, I'm going to go ahead and give this... This one's probably, like, a. F- it's probably just four crowns. It wasn't, you know, outstanding, but it was, pretty, it was pretty top tier. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It, it didn't crack four, but it, it, it got there. Okay. I would also give it four crowns, and I have it in my ranking... At number three uh, for the 2018, uh, just below One Winter Weekend, I have okay. number two right now. And right now I've, I have 12 movies so far in my, which is amazing. Hallmark is amazing. I <laughs> 12 movies already. It's pretty amazing. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So that's what I have so far. But we want to hear what you think about the series as a whole. Also about this movie and what you thought of it, how many crowns you would give it, and uh, you know where you would rank it amongst these other films. And uh, so I guess, do you think we'll get another one this year? Like we got two last year? Um, that's tough to say. My guess is probably, I mean, in 2016, we got three and in 2015, we got three. So I'm going to say at least two. Mm. Um, but you know, last year they did one around Valentine's and then one in September. So maybe, you know, Valentine's in September is their new plan. Mm, yeah. I mean, do you, I wonder, do you think the next one will have their wedding or is it too soon? Do you think they'll stretch that out longer? Um, they seem to be pretty good on the pacing of the relationships. Uh-huh. And, you know, they were struggling to get their their wedding done in the amount of time they selected. Mm-hmm. So my guess is that in the next movie, it'll probably be the wedding. Definitely my favorite of the original programming that I've seen. I, I'd probably rank... Uh, this, and then Chesapeake Shores, and then When Calls the Heart. And I like all, all of them on some level, but, but this one is my favorite. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, all right, well, cool. This is really fun. And like I said, please put uh, in comments or tweet at us or whatever. Let us know what you think. And... Uh, and we would really love to hear uh, hear your feedback. So yeah, and please let us know like what your favorite episode of the TV show was, or your favorite movie. Just because I really am curious. We would have talked about each of them one by one, but we thought you guys didn't like. We thought you guys might want to be with your families or <laughs> friends or sleep, and we didn't want you to have a fifteen hour podcast. Yeah. All right. Exactly. We are going to have tomorrow. A special episode where we are going to be talking with the author of uh, Heavenly Christmas, 
and we are Greg McBride, and we are going to be talking about our favorite romantic movies, both Hallmark, non-Hallmark. And so that's going to be super fun. We're really excited. We hope you guys all got to listen to our interview with Jen Lilly, which was amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you guys, uh, Jen Lilly, you know how she's like so great in movies and she seems so nice. Um, she's the best person on earth. Yeah. yeah, we loved her so much. We already loved her so much. And she, she lived up to our expectations. Yeah, it was, un she's unbelievable. Yeah. I, I just wish that um, she was in more Hallmark movies so we could just, no. just be like, I talked to her once and it was the best day. <laughs> yeah. And we also, this last weekend, we had an interview with Marcus Rosner, who yeah. was a delight. He's a delight. You guys, we are killing it with delightful people on the Hallmark movies. Yeah, we really do. And... Uh, so it's, it, we've got a lot of good stuff. Please let us know your feedback. And uh, it's just been super fun for us. And uh, we've got a lot of fun stuff coming up. And we will cover the Valentine's movies next week. We promise. <laughs> we've forgotten about them. And uh, so thanks again. And Amber, where can people find you? Um, so as always, people can find me. I'm at Amber Brainwaves on Twitter. And that's it. Awesome. And you can find me at Smalling Little Dance Girl on social media and at my other YouTube channel, uh, Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and YouTube. And you make sure to follow us on Homeworkies Pod at Instagram and Twitter as we, we post daily on there. We try to keep track of the Homeworkies birthdays and uh, other fun stuff. So make sure you're following us. And uh, thanks so much. And it was so fun to talk, talk postables. Yeah, it was amazing, you guys. <laughs> Thanks again, and we will talk again soon. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.